0: 3 Media.
1: Let's face it, the world is just a messy place. There's probably not one of us that hasn't heard a lesson or some information at some point and said, hey, with all that's going on around me, what difference does that make? I'm Dr. Mike Courtney. I'm a counselor, a lifelong recoverer, a husband, a father, a business owner, a grandfather, And I love to ask this question, what difference does that make? Welcome to What Difference Does That Make? Another episode of a podcast that is a digital parable, helping you to live healthier, happier, and holier in a fairly messed up world. It's great to be with you today. And it's also great to be with my friend and partner in crime, David Wilkinson. Hello, David.
2: Mike how you doing I'm doing good I'm doing really good. How's your week been? It's been good, but man, I tell you what I am very much part of that messed up world, yeah, so it's yeah. good to have someone. Featured from the messed up world on your
1: podcast. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we have a little picture under messed up world of you. It's, it's just me, people. Yeah, it's just oh, you. Oh, I'm people. featured. <laughs> That's very kind. That's good. Speaking of messed up world, you know, sometimes we we need to step out. We need to we we need to move. We need to start some momentum. And that is the scariest thing in the world to do. Mm -hmm. Let me, before I talk about our guest, let me tell you a story. Sure. Um, I actually wrote this in a blog a while back and if people are interested in the blog they can go to the Branches website, BranchesCounselingCenter.com and our blog is featured there or BranchesBlog.com, either one of those places. But uh, I, I told a story about my grandson, John Michael, when he was about seven, he was doing his first sleepover. He was staying with a friend. He was so excited, packed his backpack over and over again and he couldn't wait his first night to stay away from home. And uh, Jennifer, my daughter-in-law, was telling me that they took him to his friend's house. He's so excited but as they pulled up it just got quiet in the car. And And John Michael just didn't say anything for a second and finally he took a deep breath and he said, well, here we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, Jennifer's telling me that story and tears are running down her face. Well, I teared up and I said, I have heard his father, my son say that two or three times in life. When he, when he walked out the door to get on the bus, his first day of first grade, Josh took a deep breath and looked back at me and said, well, here we go. One of the big times that he said that, he and I were alone in the room getting ready to walk out, go around a small little pond, and step in front of a crowd where he would marry his bride. And I was performing the ceremony. We had laughed about some things that had happened, and I'd reminded him of where he's gonna stand. And then I looked back, and Josh took a deep breath and said, Well, here we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are some times in life where we just need to take a deep breath and say, okay, here we go. Yes. I want you to hear one of our great counselors, Christina Benefield, as she talks to us about the anxiety of that moment and how we deal with the angst and anxiousness of those here we go moments.
2: And you're also gonna be talking with Brian White again. Brian White was featured in a previous episode uh, that came out before Father's Day that I was also featured in. Yeah. And that episode is called For All Fathers. Yes, yes. But Brian uh, had written a song and, and had shared that on there. It was really touching. So I'm really excited for your audience to listen to this long form conversation Tell the audience a little bit about what you're going to be talking about.
1: Well, yeah, that again was one of those kind of serendipitous moments where Brian and I were talking about something else and then out of it that song uh, came up and I thought, wow, that's wonderful for a Father's Day episode. I talked to Brian about just about creativity and about the, the courage that it takes to say well, here we go, and start down that path of writing or doing a podcast or, or publishing a book or, or whatever it is. And it's a fun, fun interview with Brian. He's such a talented guy in talking about that creative process. You know, I always say, let's get started. How about now if I say, well, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> One of the first interns that we kept was Christina Benefield. She is absolutely amazing as a therapist. She is a wonderful young woman, young mother, young wife, and she is a great teacher.
0: Hey, this is Christina Benefield. I am a licensed professional counselor here in Tennessee at Branches Counseling Center. I've been here since 2014 when I did my internship with them.
1: All right, here's Christina talking about anxiety.
0: So anxiety is something we can all experience a little bit of, um, whether that is taking a test or getting an email from your boss saying, see me in my office before you head out today or giving a talk about anxiety on a podcast. We can all feel a little bit of anxiety. Uh, When it becomes more of a, a daily thing or something you're struggling with more often than not, that might be a time to see a counselor. Anxiety can be a lot of physical sensations, a lot of physical symptoms, such as Um, increased heart rate just kind of that rapid heart rate fidgeting or feeling really jittery like you've had a bunch of coffee Uh, having trouble breathing or getting a full deep breath so that shortness of breath it can be a lot of thoughts like negative thoughts or intrusive thoughts and intrusive thoughts are thoughts that we don't want they just kind of come out of nowhere and we just kind of get stuck in this loop with them Uh, we can also have a lot of thoughts about uh, worst case scenarios kind of those what if things Uh, What if this happened or what if that happened? And so we start to think about them because we think we're in problem-solving mode. We think that if we keep thinking through this what-if scenario, we'll come up with a solution and we'll feel better. But usually we don't. We usually keep going to the next one. So it starts off as, well, what if I accidentally ran this red light and got into a car wreck? Well, first I would call my spouse and I'd call 911 and I'd get their insurance information And then it's, well, what if my kids are in the car? And what if I didn't buckle them in properly? And then it's all these worst case catastrophic scenarios. And we get stuck in that loop. And then we start to feel fear. And that fear starts to take over. And that's where we get those physical sensations too. They start to come back. The shortness of breath, the heart rate, feeling really jittery, feeling uneasy, things like that. So we think that we're solving these problems. And instead we're just getting stuck in this catastrophic thought pattern. And we feel like we don't know how to stop it, because when somebody tells us, well, stop thinking about that, it's kind of like saying, don't think about a big pink elephant. We only can think about a big pink elephant. So we get stuck thinking about this big, maybe even ridiculous or silly thing, and we can't get back out of it. So a couple of things that can be helpful. One of them is called grounding, and grounding is where you just focus on what your senses are telling you. And so this is helpful because it forces you back into the present. Anxiety is very future-focused. It's how do I solve this problem. So it's stuck in our prefrontal cortex, which is that part of your brain right behind your forehead. And that's the part that's trying to solve all these problems. And so by focusing on what our senses are telling us, that's shifting and using a different part of the brain, kind of more of the back part of our brain, kind of the base of our skull, those more older parts of our brain. And so, by doing that, we already have access to that information. So, for example, you don't have to tell your eyes what they're seeing, and you don't have to tell your sense of touch how your shoes fill on your feet. Your brain already has access to that information. It just knows how to tune it out, because if we focused on how our shoes felt on our feet or how our glasses fill on our face all day long, it'd be really hard to listen to a podcast or clean or do our jobs. So, our brain's very active in kind of tuning out that information, but it means that we can also tune into it at any point. So when we tune into that information, it gives us a chance to take some deep breaths, those really good diaphragmatic breaths, where we're breathing in through our nose, kind of noticing how our stomach inflates, not our shoulders going up, and then we breathe out through our mouth. And so we take in that information by maybe just noticing things in a five, four, three, two, one. So we might notice five things that we can see around the room, four things that we could touch that maybe have different textures, three things that we can hear, two things that we can smell and one thing that we can taste and you can do that in any order you know usually we're gonna use taste last because unless you're eating your whole meal on your way to on your commute every morning then probably don't have five things you can taste but we always have five things we can see So by doing that, it gives you that chance to take a deep breath, shift what part of the brain you're focusing on, and then when you're done, hopefully you feel a little bit more relaxed and you can refocus on something new, like getting up and going for a walk, turning on a podcast, listening to your favorite music, uh, doing some laundry, anything to kind of get you up and moving. Another thing that can be helpful, kind of sticking with the senses, is to think about a very relaxing place you enjoy going. So maybe that place is the beach for you or the mountains, And kind of think about what you would notice if you were there. What would you see at the beach? How would the ocean smell? Um, How would the fire sound at your campsite in the mountains? Different things like that. That can be really helpful too and another way to to engage your senses. And last, uh, another technique that's really helpful with kind of decreasing anxiety is to... Uh, do a progressive muscle relaxation. There are really great videos online that can help you do this if you feel like you're struggling. But really the basic principle is to just start at the top of your head, just kind of noticing how tight your muscles feel and tightening them even more on purpose, kind of scrunching up your face and scrunching up your nose and then forcing yourself to relax those muscles and just kind of notice the difference and how it feels tight and then how it feels relaxed. And then moving down into your neck and shoulders all the way down till you get to your toes gives you a chance to start to relax. So hopefully these tips have been helpful and we appreciate you listening today.
1: Well, that was great. Christina is such a good teacher and she did a great job with a a difficult... Topic. Thank you for doing that, Christina. Well, there are just some fun conversations that you have, and this was a fun conversation. Brian White, a gifted songwriter, performer in his own right, and a good friend. Uh, but Brian and I sat down and talked about that creative process and how you get from that thought to that hit song and he's had many of them. So I can't wait for you to listen to the interview that Brian and I had a little while back about creativity and that here we go moment in life. I am with a longtime friend of mine, uh, Brian White. And in fact, as we sit here and look at each other, our beards are very white. (laughs) Brian, it's good to see you. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today.
3: I look forward to this. And I, uh, you know, our memories are, are, are great ones.
1: We did youth camps and things together in Ohio yeah. years and years ago. Uh, we worked together on church staff. Uh, you being the worship pastor, went to Israel together a couple of years yeah. ago. so our friendship has taken us all kinds of places and and it's fun to fun to talk to you now you have been uh well known a a great entertainer performer uh on the stage and in front of people but really kind of it seems to me the the bulk of your career and where you've perhaps impacted people as much as anything is behind the stage as a songwriter and uh so I just want to talk to you a little bit about that. What it what it means to be a songwriter and all that. Is that okay?
3: Oh man, uh, yes. That's uh, what it means to be a songwriter. I'm I'm still trying to figure this. It, <laughs> <laughs> it means I get to sleep in until ten thirty, and that, and uh, coffee is a staple in my life. And uh, uh, but you know people joke all the time and say, "Man, what time do you start?" And and I remember you know, telling somebody the first time 10, 10 o'clock was like our, our start time. Mm-hmm. And Ten o'clock. I've been up for four hours before then. So yeah, but my stop time a lot of is midnight, one o'clock in the morning yeah. in the studio somewhere. So it, yeah, but that's kind of where it all heads at first. So well, I,
1: I want and I want to ask you about that, about the process of that and everything. But but before I do, tell me just a little bit about who you write for, what your studio work is like. Tell me, tell me your uh, official title right now.
3: Well, officially, I am a staff songwriter, which uh-huh. means I have a publishing deal uh, with Anthem Entertainment. Now, mm-hmm. They are a worldwide publishing entity that uh, has their home roots basically out of Canada. But they have a Nashville office and a Berlin and all over other places in the world I have been to. Uh, but that just means uh, they uh, kind of uh, solicit my material mm-hmm. get recorded. So I write songs, they own a percentage of the the song, then they represent me to pub, uh, to record companies and uh, artists and, and producers and, and try to, you know, uh, exploit my, my songs to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so on a daily basis, I'm getting up and, and I'm getting in a room with a couple people, uh, co-writing, and, uh, and we are, uh, as I say, I, I get paid to make stuff up, you know, it's just – <laughs> You know, and the fun thing is, yeah, I do write. Uh, I've written a lot uh, over the years in in both the the gospel market, the CCM market, and the country market, the pop market also. And uh, someone said, well, what's what's the difference in, you know, your writing process when you're writing in the Christian market versus the country market? And I always said, you know, in, in the country market, there has to be musically there has to be certain elements that feel like a country song even though in modern country right now it's more pop but right. but there's still somewhere in there it might be a banjo or a fiddle or something or a, or the vo- the voice has a twang to it but you can sing about anything you could write about your truck and your dog and your toolbox and you can make stuff up that never happened mm. you can just because you're trying to just convey something christian music on the other side of that musically it is so broad it from everything from pop to rock to to, to disco to you know rap to hip-hop whatever and, and so that that piece of the pie is you know unlimited I can go in and write you know any kind of musical thing and it could yeah. be a Christian song what I can't do is when it comes to the subject matter I can't make stuff up about Jesus uh, it never yeah. happened because yeah. <laughs> someone said I I don't think that ever happened. I said, Oh yeah. You see read first collisions. It's in there. Yeah. So, so that's on a daily basis, just depending on who I'm getting in the room with and who we are targeting. If we're writing for a Christian artist who wants a song about, uh, you know, my, my faith's important and i I'm want to be a light to the world, you know, yeah. what a, and so we kind of run and we, we kind of tie that into an encouragement, uh, the country market, I, I get a guy and I go, man, I'm, I'm heartbroken because the girl that I thought loved me loves my best friend. And we go, okay, well, you're on the wrong side of a love song, aren't you? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> right. So it just depends on what we're doing. But um, on a daily basis, which is what I love about my, my job and not being pigeonholed, so to speak, is I on a daily basis I walk into a room and I think there's a song floating around in there somewhere. Yeah. And we're just, just trying to listen. It's
1: fascinating the way that happens. Is there a, uh, does something happen at 10 o'clock or at 1030? I mean, are at nine o'clock, you're sitting drinking coffee and you don't have a thought about a song in the world. And then at 1030, you walk in that room. Does something happen to you that music begins to come?
3: Yeah, I mean, the cool thing is, just like what you and I are doing right here, We you start talking, you walk into a room with a couple of people that you haven't seen maybe in a month or a mm-hmm. week or and you go, how you been? And you start talking about life. And something is said. I always say if I'm talking to somebody after I play a, a show or something and they see me kind of get a glazed look in my eyes and I'm reaching yeah. for my phone, it's because they just said something that I'm going, oh, my uh, yeah. God. It's yeah. a great song idea. Yeah. And so you, uh, as a great prolific speaker and preacher, uh, I, I've, I've gotten so many ideas from preachers that, that they'll be in the middle of a message and they'll say something and I go, Oh, wow. Now it's a blessing and a curse because the ADD part of me is a go. <laughs> i got to write that down. And you know, cause that's a great song. Uh, I wrote a song recently called Hail Mary, which was, um, uh, it, it came out of a conversation just, it was right after the shooting had taken place out of Vegas and yeah. my Buddies that played for Jason Aldean, they were on the stage that night, and 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 they were telling me about it. it the bullets were flying off the stage, and it was wow. just so you know horrific. And I was talking to my mom about that. I said, "Man, mom, uh, the world seems such such a crazy place." I said, "Sometimes I feel like all I can do is pray." Mm. And she said, "Well, honey, that's the best thing you can do is pray. Just keep putting those prayers up to the Lord." And then, as happens in a songwriting, I said, "Yeah, guys," I said. It kind of was like that, that football play. Sometimes I feel like my prayers just to Hail Mary. Yeah. And then we all looked at each other and went, Man, we should write that. And so, <laughs> how would that go? And so it was like, you know, to the homeless down on the corner pushing the paper and needing a book. To the mama standing in the checkout line using food stamps down on their luck. To the farmer praying for rain to help the rain and his children grow. The world's in a drought, won't you let it rain down? Just a little bit of hope, throwing up a Hail Mary, a hallelujah song. And so, you know, it was just like, let's talk about that.
1: Are there ever times where, it, where you start down a path and then you say, no, this is, this is too personal or this is, you know, this I'm, I started to write a song about Karen and I having a big fight this morning and I better not do that. Are there times where you start down a path and say, maybe I shouldn't go this way?
3: Yeah, but if if I want to write about the fact that Karen and I had a disagreement this morning, I just change it to like she told you she didn't love you anymore. <laughs> you, you put it on there. <laughs> you don't. Right. And so I get a personal song and I can put it over there, that's and nobody weird. goes. But inevitably, somebody's listening to a song. You'll hear an artist sing a song, and you'll go, "What? What he was going through? I know that. what that. Yeah, that's good." Yeah. So, but yeah, there's things, but at the same time, um, when you can let your heart just kind of open up and just pour yourself into it, you know, and, and the honesty, especially uh, the thing I love about country music is it's a storytellers, you know, yeah, genre yeah. It, and, and people, people want to hear that they want they want it to move them and, and they want to feel like they can, you know, uh, they could feel it yeah, and visualize it. And uh, sometimes in the CCM market, we can tend to, uh, I had a, a Christian uh, and our guy at a record company tell me one time, he goes, uh, my life was bad. I screwed up, but God saved me. Now, okay, that's true. All those things are true. Right. But how many times start off with life sucks I was bad, but it, you know, it's, it, it kind of becomes a formulaic right. you know, right word. And and so uh, when I was touring in the nineties, as an artist, there was a lot of, there was times when you felt like there was more artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the praise and worship genre is so huge right now and, and love it. I'm not, not downplaying that at all, but it just, um, so the country element has allowed me to kind of dip into real life yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and dip, dip the pen in that ink well and go man let 's just write the the reality of you know this pain and this hurt or this this celebration or this good time or how I feel about love so
1: when i 'm preparing a message or a, or a speech or or even writing a blog or something like that, uh, very often it 's kind of touching the pain in my own life that gives me the the heart to do that thing and I also find great healing in 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 telling that story that way and kind of getting out that way. Now I spend a lot of time as a counselor trying to help people process through hurts and pain. So I wonder are, do you do do you do personal therapy in that? Are there times where you've written a song and it's cathartic and and you realize when you get to the end of the song, man, a lot of healing took place for me as I'm writing that story?
3: Oh totally. I, I think uh, there's uh there's something about well, music is such a healing thing and, and uh and, and when you can take a a difficult you can wrap the emotion. I always say lyric and music have to marry really good, you know, it has to feel like, you know, the the, the right sentiment for that that thought has to be wrapped in that musical uh, you know, blanket, so to speak, where yeah. it feels like, Oh yeah, I want I want that that all makes sense to me and uh so yeah, there there are times when you know there there are nights when I'll sit up here in my my, my room and and uh, and I just pull the guitar out and and I don't have an idea or anything. I always say music speaks lyrics to me, and sometimes you just you just you just playing something on the guitar, and man, and then all of a sudden you just start feeling the 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 emotion of the moment, mm. and you. You allow your heart to open up and say, "Man, this is something I've been wanting to say to the world or to my wife or my mom and dad or whatever, you know and uh, so yeah, it's very much so self-therapy.
1: you know, this is fascinating to me and i, I just I, I love just exploring something that I really don't know a lot about. so I, I wonder, have you ever now i've I've asked you to sit in front of me with this with your guitar and and have you ever, written a song and had the wrong words and the right music or the right music and the wrong words and then realize oh man if I put a different tune to this or if I change these words for this have you ever started writing a song and said wait a minute we got we got the wrong thing going on
3: here for sure there are times when uh even in a co-write it's it's kind of like knowing my father-in-law always says you know stay in your lane and there are times I'll be in a co-write, and I may walk in with an idea that I feel like is like, you know, hey man, let, let's just uh, let's just do this thing. You know, it's, I got this rocking idea, and I throw this title out, and I in my mind I think that's the way it should go. Yeah. And then I walk down the hall and get coffee, and I come back, and they're going, and, and they've turned into Dan Fogelberg all of a sudden. <laughs> they're going, what if we took that idea and we said it like this? And I'm going. Oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. And yeah. that's so much more impactful. And that's exactly, but you have to get yourself out of the way. And and, and there are times you do, um, Stephen Curtis Chapman said one time, I remember when I first moved to town and I got to meet Stephen and I said, man, you, you write some great songs. And he goes, ah, I don't know if I've ever written any great songs. He goes, I might have rewritten some great songs. <laughs> so it's the, it's the rewrite that it's yeah. like going back and looking at your work and going. Okay, you know what, that's all wrong, but this idea uh, mm. is right, so let's take that. Randy Cox, who was a, a very noted uh, publisher in Christian music over the years, and he was one of my first publishers back in the day, mm. which means years ago, and I remember taking a song into him that I thought was just amazing, and I, I gave him my lyric sheet, and of course at that time, I'd done a work tape on a cassette and uh, when we had boom boxes and little cassette players. <laughs> And he put that cassette in and he listened and he's over there and I'm sitting across the desk from him and he's got a pen and he's writing on the paper. And I'm thinking, man, he's probably going, Oh, that's such an amazing line. And Oh, what a great thought. You know, I'm just like, yes, this is so good. And the song ended and he hit stop and then he slid the lyric back across the table to me. And it looked like my third grade spelling test, man. It was just like circled with red mark. And you know, I'm like, Oh my gosh. He had one line circled in the middle of the whole song, and he said, that's your song. Get rid of everything else and go write that. Wow. And I was like, oh, dude, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you're crazy. But it was true. It was, it was knowing when you go, mm, I missed it. I, I, here I thought it was all about this, but the real meat and potatoes of the whole thing is right here in the middle of it. And, and I, I learned a valuable lesson there that you never hold on to something so tightly that you're not willing to become your own best critic and yeah. go back. And, okay. I need to, I need to fix this. This didn't come out right. So
1: I'm sitting here
3: teary eyed, uh,
1: because you know, the, the, the theme of this podcast is what difference does that make? And we're having these conversations and I'm always looking for, well, why are we talking about this? Why, why, you know, what? how, how does this apply? How does this affect anybody else? And, uh, Without without you or I either one telling all of our stories, uh, I, we have been friends long enough to see each other through some ups and downs and some and some good and bad. And yeah. so I'm just sitting here thinking that God has done that exact thing for us. You know, I've lived all these different ways, and God circled this one piece and said, "Hey, <laughs> this is your story." You know, yeah. you let's finally and now. The good news for me is it only took about 55 years for that to happen. (laughs) All this stuff away. And this is what, isn't that an amazing thing that, that, that God has done in us, what you're talking about.
3: He is so faithful and he's so merciful. Uh, You know, uh, if, if, if I'd had my way, I would never be, I always said, you know, my dream, uh, I went to college and played baseball and my dream was to be a professional baseball player. And, And when, when that wasn't going to happen, I just thought, "Oh God, you missed such a great chance for me to give you some really cool, you know, props here." And it was like God said, "I, I was doing pretty good without you." <laughs> and over the years, you know, like you said, you know, we've had our bumps and gone through some things, but God circled that thing in the middle of my song and said, "There it is, Brian. Now go do that." Wow. And you find, and, and I could not be happier. Uh, you know, um, I, I feel like the luckiest man in the world that I get to. You know, uh, this is my job. I actually get paid to write songs. I mean, I went back to my high school reunion recently, and one of my they're all standing around. You know, in their ties, and they're I'm a lawyer. I'm a banker. They go, "What do you do, Brian?" I said, "I'm a songwriter." They go, "Yeah, but like, what's your job?" And I go, "That is my job." And they're like, "What?" And and you know what? It's not for everybody. It's not. But I really feel like. It is a calling that God laid on my, on my life. And uh, back in those years when I was playing in my band and all that, it was like, hey, this is where we're headed. Just yeah. stay yeah. the course. And in the middle of where we're headed and I'm off chasing rabbits down the wrong trail, God screeching puts a roadblock up and goes, "You go get back over here at some point. Yeah. And when you do, yeah. you're going to see what I've circled in the middle of the song and you're going to go, that's it. Good. And it's a pretty humbling thing. To, to write something in a little room in Nashville that, and, and it's condensed down to three and a half minutes. And then somebody emails you from, you know, Australia and says, I heard this song on the radio over here, and man, it made me stop. And, and you yeah. go, wow, that, that little three and a half minute thing. And, and, but that's just God. I
1: right, listen, I love you. I love this. This has been an amazing thing, Brian. Thank you so much. Uh, brianwhitesongwriter.com uh, yeah. as a website. People can find out more about you. We'll put that in the show notes so they can see that. But you have been a great friend and now I feel like I know more about... It's uh, funny. We've been friends all these years and I feel like I know more about what you do and how you do it. And uh, thanks for taking the time to visit with me
3: today. Mike, thank you so much. And I told my wife last night, um, there's been a few preachers in my life speak speak, and, and And I said, Mike, he had the name preacher I said but he was a speaker that spoke truth into people uh in such a conversational way that you went, you walked away going oh wow you know and uh well, and okay. I, I've admired uh your ministry uh, for years and, and so grateful that you gave me this opportunity to be a part of your podcast so thank hey, you. thanks
1: Brian we'll we will do it again
3: as soon as we get out of quarantine we'll we'll get together and hug yes. each other okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> that'll be, be good thanks Bye-bye. Brian Brian is just so talented. People like that just amaze me that just the creativity flows out of them and it was fun to talk to him about that process and to, and to hear that. So what difference does that make? I believe that inside of every one of us there is a a gift, there is a moment, there is a a story that needs to be told or a song that wants to be sung. There are so many things that God wants to do with you and in you. And for many of us, like little John Michael sitting in the back of the car, we just sit there afraid to take that first step. So what difference does that make? I'm encouraging you this week to. Take a deep breath and and gulp if you need to, but say, here we go, and step out and do that thing that you were designed to do. And I promise you, when you do, you'll be so glad you went. So I encourage you to do that. Hey. It is always great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. I hope you'll join us in a couple of weeks when the next episode of What Difference Does That Make? drops. In the meantime, if you'd like to know more about Branches, uh, go to the Branches website, www www.branchescounselingcenter.com You can find the podcast there. You can find books that I've written there. You can find other episodes of What Difference Does That Make www.branchescounselingcenter.com And also the blog that we talked about earlier, you'll find that there as well. So here we go. Take a deep breath. Get started. It's going to be a great week. And by the way, remember to love yourself this
2: week because God does. What Difference Does That Make? with Dr. Mike Courtney is part of the Mana3 Media Network. It is hosted by Dr. Mike Courtney and is produced and edited by me, David Wilkinson. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd love for you to subscribe to What Difference Does That Make? wherever podcasts are downloaded. Be sure to check out our episode show notes. Special thanks to Christina Benefield and Brian White for being on the podcast. You can learn more about Branches Counseling Center on Facebook and Instagram, and you can check out more podcasts by Mana3Media, including my own, Dad Matters, on Instagram, at Mana3Media. That's M-A-N-A, the number three, media. New episodes of What Difference Does That Make drop bi-weekly every other Wednesday, so join us again in two weeks.